This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Mapper Forward's first on-demand workshop, How to Become a Coffee Consultant, available now online for you to learn at your own pace with a certificate available upon completion. Click the link in the show notes to access today for just 50 euros. Welcome to the Daily Coffee Pro by Mapper Forward, friends. I'm your host, Lee Safar, and this is episode two of our five-part series with Simon, and we're talking about acquiring coffee knowledge. And the reason we're exploring this is because when I started in the industry and when Simon started in the industry, there was not a lot of structure around the way that knowledge was acquired. And I would argue that there's still not... Uh, despite the fact that we have education platforms and and things like that, there's still no real way of deciding what knowledge is actually correct and incorrect. So leaning into that, we want to talk about the different kinds of knowledge that there are. And today, Simon, we want to talk about subjective knowledge versus objective knowledge. Now, you recently wrote an article that we're going to include links in the show notes for. And uh, this was a really fun um, article around uh, your coffee competition that you recently did. So do you want to start by explaining what the whole preface of that was and then we can lean into your explanation around that? You're referring about the the one on water chemistry, is that right? Yeah, Yeah. just checking. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yeah, so I I recently competed in the Australian Brewers Cup Championship um i came forth uh very happy with with the results and the topic that i spoke about was water chemistry but i sort of made it incredibly simple um and incredibly easy to understand for people with a lot of the analogies mm-hmm. and I, I did i did write an article on the back of that uh, but basically the way i tackled it was i wanted to tackle this this complex topic with easy to understand metaphors and because uh, I, I, when I got into water chemistry, basically, I have a, a basic background in chemistry, basically a high school major. So I understand the basics of dilutions, concentrations, uh, mm-hmm. molar mass. So basically, most of what you need in a coffee context, you don't need mm-hmm. much more than that. But I did do a lot of reading, read a lot of books, and I found it incredibly confusing and I did find a lot of the information out there wasn't practical and none of that. And I spent, I spent a lot of time researching mm. on that topic and none of that was helping me make better coffee. So I've decided to tackle it, uh, you know, from a more, uh, let's say straightforward, a more practical point of view, more pragmatic way. Mm-hmm. And the analogy that I was making was, uh, an analogy between seasoning and ions and cooking and coffee where basically when you have water, you have stuff that are, are dissolved into water and they, they're basically ions, but these ions in solid forms are cannot be found by the, themselves. They have to be bound with another ion, which basically makes a molecule. So when people say, I'm adding magnesium in my water, I'm adding calcium, it's impossible to just add calcium or add magnesium. It has to come with another like negatively charged ion. So mm-hmm. calcium usually comes with chloride or comes with sulfates, but then chloride and sulfates is very different. So looking at that this way means that Looking at it this way and separating individual ions means that um, it, you need to take these two into account when uh, profiling your coffee, when building your water. And mm-hmm. the challenge here with, with water is that a lot of people have, are only looking at one specific ion. And if you look at it from a scientific point of view, you don't really care about chloride, you don't really care about sulfate because they don't count into the general hardness or the carbonate hardness. 
So I, I don't want to get too technical and because I, I could talk about this for hours. But my point <laughs> was, when you look at it from a very scientific point of view with things that are objectively true, it's not really helping anyone and no one's really making progress. And mm-hmm. there hasn't been a lot of progress in innovation in that topic and in years in, uh, in coffee specifically. But I think shifting the approach and looking at it in a different angle um, will lead people to understand it better. And then I think hopefully will drive more innovation in the future. So what you're talking about there is some really object and really objective approach to understanding what's happening with the water. You've done experiments. You were challenged by some scientists who disagreed with you. Mm-hmm. You were able to say, hey, uh, you should try this. Here's some evidence. They did go and try it and they went, oh, wow, oops, yeah, you're right. missed something. Yeah. <laughs> right. So that's objective knowledge. Talk to us about subjective knowledge. So I think the uh, just to, to step back for one second, I think the, there, there are things that are objective in coffee and there are things that are subjective. And, and we, I, I often have this conversation with people that aren't necessarily in coffee that are outside of the industry and say, well, coffee competition, that sounds very subjective. That sounds like, how can you judge coffee? It's yeah. the same as judging art or judging music. It's, it's how do you put, um, how do you, you know, objectively judge it? It's very subjective, but, and that's kind of true in a, to a certain extent. Um, but I do believe that there's, there's a lot of things that are objective in coffee. I think when we're describing a, go- a coffee, you get, you give the same coffee to hundreds of professionals who've gone through a specific calibration. Of course, like the calibration will sort of like create a mold for everyone to agree on the same things. But I do think that people can describe the coffee in the same way and they can describe the same descriptors. And, you know, if you give that to curators, you'll give you the same like a score that's in the same ballpark for a given coffee. So people can be objective and there's a lot of things that are objective. What is very subjective is preferences. And can I, that goes can back I just, to... Can yeah, I just stop you there? I, I got to challenge you on that because I... I have a real problem with this idea that when you get a, a whole group of people together and because they're calibrated, mm-hmm. that they are somehow being objective. Um, yeah. I guess when you have people who are subjective and agree with each other, we're kind of assuming that that's objective because they all agree with each other. Mm-hmm. Do you think that that's fair to to kind of? No, you've got a good point. I mean, everyone's being subjective. But because they're all subjective and agreeing on the same thing, does that become objective? That's a, that's a very good point. Um, I think the I think when you look at it, what what is what makes it subjective in the first place is attributing specific points to specific uh, qualities and criteria. So, for example, vinegar-like acidity, acetic acidity. Mm-hmm. That's something that's going to be very polarizing. Some people are going to enjoy this in small amounts, and some people are just going to go, "Nope, I hate that. That's right. effective in coffee. Acetic acid shouldn't be in coffee." So you'll sort of see differences and and gaps in scoring and in assessment for these coffees. But and you know who is to judge that uh, acetic acidity is worse than malic acidity or citric mm-hmm. acidity, other types of like type of fruit acidity. So this is where there's a little bit of of um, uh, subjectivity what i so to to tackle this specific topic a couple of years ago i actually released uh, something called the flavor pyramid where i Mm -hmm. ranked all of my favorite flavors in coffee from tier one so top favorite flavors to the ones that i like the least uh, Mm -hmm. tier five and i was interested in seeing if 
other people around the world had similar views and if you know i was the only one to like, like tropical fruits and red fruits and coffee um or if people had different views on that so i sent these surveys to hundreds of people around the world I had i think 650 um people joining the survey and ranking mm -hmm. uh, from one to ten about 50 different flavors commonly found in coffee and the interesting thing is that some flavors are you know very desired by a lot of people which mm -hmm. makes them i guess objectively better than other flavors and mm -hmm. some other flavors did seem very polarizing where you had a, uh, a variance of standard deviation that was quite high so for example chocolate is polarizing some people like it some people will like it in coffee okay alcoholic flavors are polarizing some people love it and some people didn't like it tomato was another one of them so there are flavors that always did well regardless of who was scoring it and there's flavors that never did well and there's flavors that were a little bit in more between. polarizing yeah so i guess when you look at pineapple mango and strawberry flavors in coffee a lot of people seem to really enjoy these ones which i guess brings a sweetness. sense of yeah sweetness acidity um and just like this intense aromatic um mm -hmm. like flavor so in that sense there is a sense of objectivity because a lot of people would agree on on what is good um and then perhaps so, yeah i can say yeah that. Uh, but it's it's a, I think it's a deeper, more philosophical topic, and mm. I guess we could discuss that for a for a long time. <laughs> yeah, well, and and it brings into things. Uh, you know, if we're going to have this conversation, we we have the conversation, right? Like, it it's it brings into things of the cultural palette of all the judges. Uh, is there diversity there? Is there um um you know how much diversity exists in that group? What's the difference between the genders and 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 all yep. of that? So that, I mean, we we don't want to call something like that objective, if because so many things can influence the outcome of it, which is to me quite subjective. Um, but now, I just, I just see your point, and I think most people would agree. I would agree with you. I'm I'm usually mm -hmm. challenging this, thinking that you can get to a level where there are heaps of copies that I don't like personally, but mm -hmm. I would. I guess try to be as objective as possible and I could see why other people would like them for their right. um, intricate qualities. And I think there there's a few people that managed to do that very well as well. So in that sense, you can sort of train to become as objective as possible and to sort right. of like try to put your personal bias aside as yep. much as possible. But again, we're humans, we're not robots. So it's, totally. it's, really, uh, it's really challenging to do that. Um, so to go back to the subjective, uh, subjective aspects mm -hmm. in coffee is well preferences are subjective and what is true based on preferences will change with time and and place and you did mention this uh this example of ristretto's used to be the correct way of mm -hmm. making coffee this uh like this sort of like very acidic intense style of espresso and then we move to so ristretto's are usually like one to one point three something ratios and then mm. uh, we went to super long shots that were like one to three ratios and now we're sort of going back to like one to two one mm -hmm. to point two so you have trends in coffee and um, what was true 20 years ago might not be true today and it probably won't be true tomorrow because the preferences the types of coffees that we have what we're looking for in coffee changes but what does remain objective in that assessment is that is the ristrettos are you know have a heavier body they have more acidity they have less sweetness um, and they just have more intensity there mm. are stronger copies all these things are true and they're objective but mm -hmm. the subjectivity is in in terms of what do people prefer and what is the right correct way of serving coffee 
but there are elements to that that are objective and are elements that are subjective and there are elements that are still true and there are elements that are not true so what is still true about ristretos is the fact that yeah they're incredibly acidic and heavy bodied and they're very intense so that hasn't changed and it's still true today and it will still be true tomorrow because of fundamental well extraction and, and mm-hmm. extraction principles um so i think when you look at knowledge and and from that angle there are things that are true and they are objectively true and they will hold truth for a long period of time which is usually the sensory aspect the sensory description of coffee mm. then you know what is correct to be serving in a cafe that's completely um, subjective. subjective and yeah. that will change with time 100% and, and the explanations of why things happen in a specific way i do find that they are uh, well they pre- they are presented as objective because they're presented as evidence uh, you know why does uh, why do re- uh, does a worst trader have a higher amount of acidity and you will read uh, scientific papers explaining that the um, acids in coffee are more soluble so they come in the first part of the extraction but there has been like contradictory evidence not on that specific topic but usually when you try to explain the why things happen in a certain way this is when we're you know getting at a much deeper level and sometimes we just don't understand these things and mm. uh, we sort of like come to certain conclusions that might not be true so the i would much more focus on the what happens in the cup and what that does rather than try to go and understand the why so there are elements of objectivity and subjectivity in all things but what i do find to be always almost always true is the sensory aspect if right. i roast coffee darker how does it taste yes if i keep pushing the roast it's going to taste a bit more bitter we're going to lose some acidity to some extent we're going to gain in body all these things are practically true with with obviously all the caveats and intricacies of roasting and and um and roasting dark it's not like a binary system of light and dark it's a bit more complex than that way mm-hmm. more complex than that but there are still things that were true 100 years ago and it will be true in the future and that's usually everything around the sensory well and it's like when uh you go to a uh, when you taste the coffee of a particular roaster and you know somebody says oh their coffee's good because it's a dark roast mm-hmm. this is the epitome of subjective knowledge you know it, yeah. anyone who likes a dark roast is going to agree with you people who like absolutely. a light roast are absolutely not going to agree with you mm-hmm. But the more objective side of that is whether that's a well-roasted dark coffee or if it's dark because it's someone's burnt the shit out of it when they were roasting it. You know, there's there's that yes. side of it. Yeah, and that, and that's, uh, that is quite subjective because, I mean, again, there's two sides, there's two sides to that. Yeah. What I think is objective and what is subjective. The objective side, for example, roasting is is it within a specific like actron sort of like roast degree mm-hmm. color and if it's above a certain threshold yes we can objectively consider that this falls into the dark category um but for someone who's used to nordic style coffees very light roasted coffees um i mean i have a lot of friends in europe that think that Austrian roasters roast incredibly dark in general yeah, I'm like, wow that's so not the right well one. that's that <laughs> i never thought so uh, but from their compared perspective, to what you see yeah from their perspective it is so um this is and that and from my perspective it might not be dark so um it depends on your point of view it depends on your standard and your reference points but if we were to sort of take a full wide range of what 
coffee can be like in in terms of roasting you know uh, not re- removing all of the defective roasting on both ends and anything that's extreme then this mm-hmm. is when you can have a scale that's maybe a little bit more objective but again it, it depends on your point of view and it also depends on your preferences and usually when you have people making comments like oh this is too light or this is too dark it also ha- it also has a, a sort of like it's sort of linked to their personal preferences yeah which leads us to again subjective thinking yeah right. so again again to me to me preferences are always going to be subjective, subjective because we all are looking at we're looking for different things and we have different preferences so naturally coffee has a pro- as a product will have this subjective element where some people like specific coffees and other people don't like these coffees but there are things that are objectively true like my dad and i drink very different coffees i drink fruity acidic coffees and he loves bold full-bodied low acid coffees but we can both agree that specific coffees have these uh, attributes and characteristics yeah, right. and what he thinks is good is different from what i think is good mm-hmm. but that's because of personal preferences but yeah, the sensory yeah. aspect is is to me very objective yeah beautiful one subject we didn't touch on it, we will cover in uh, a future episode in this series about infused coffees when we talk about trends and the way that the uh, the industry follows those but in the next episode folks we're going to talk about accessibility to knowledge so join us in the next episode peace love and peanut butter have an amazing rest of your day Thanks for tuning in, friends. There are two ways you can support this podcast. Firstly, become a paid member of our YouTube channel. Secondly, you can join our Patreon for as little as $3 a month. Both have options for exclusive ad-free content and early release content. Don't forget to subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. The Daily Coffee Pro is produced by Map It Forward and the music you're listening to is called Run 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 off of my album Laundry After Midnight. To get older episodes of this podcast, as well as more information on Map It Forward, head to mapitforward.coffee. You can find links and more information in the show notes below.